You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful moms in here. Are you on? I think I'm off. Hello? Testing. Can you hear me now? Okay. Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> it is great to see all of your beautiful faces. I'm not going to lie, about 10.35, I started getting worried, and I was wondering who was showing up today. So, yeah. shots fired, bang, bang, but it is Mother's Day. So, mothers, you can do whatever you want. Right? Yes. Right? And if you're a husband and you don't know today's Mother's Day, it's not too late to repent. You still got time. You still got time. But how are you guys doing? You guys okay? Awesome. Yes? That's not rhetorical. I need a little energy in this room. Yeah, how are you guys feeling? (laughs) So I'm very excited. I get to uh, uh, preach the Word of God and share a little bit with my wife today. So uh, that's going to be fun. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And before we do that, I wanted to, you know, I guess extend a special Mother's Day to Martini Butler. Oh, God. My, my, yeah, yeah. Thank you. My Caribbean queen. Um, she holds down the fort for the Butler house. We have three kids, if you don't know that, and they're 10 and under, so it's a little crazy. Facts. Facts. And we homeschool, so, you know, pray for us. Um, and, and she's, you know, she's very much the driving force and, uh, you know, just a, a wonderful woman of God that has deep character and a tremendous work ethic. So I love you, babe. Thank you. Kiss, kiss. Oh, Lord. PG. <laughs> so we do have a lesson today that we're very excited about um, but before we do that I think we should pray so let's pray Father God we thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to be together to celebrate you every single Sunday God all your divine qualities as we honor mothers as well we see so much of you through them we thank you for every single mother that's here for all the sacrifices God that they've been through It denotes, it it illuminates the character that you have, the way that you treat us with compassion and mercy and unconditional love, the view that you have towards us, God. We thank you so much that you are who you are and that you give little pieces of yourself that you show us through mothers, for example. We're able to see your love and your glory. We pray that everyone's courage today, God, as we celebrate Mother's Day. We pray that uh, your word uh, works powerfully, allows us to connect with you in, in deeper ways, and that we just celebrate you and our family in this day. We love you so much and praise in Jesus' name. The church said, Amen. Amen. All right, so the title for today's lesson is The God Who Sees Me. The God Who Sees Me. We're going to dig into Genesis uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 13, so you have the option to look at the giant LCD screen or pick up your phone or ancient Bible. People still use paperback. So. That being said, in Genesis 16, uh, we get to see this story of Abram and Sarai, which they're not yet Abraham and Sarah. They're on their way, right? A couple chapters before this, uh, Abram gets this promise from God. And God tells him that your descendants are going to be like the sands on the seashore. This man, one man, is going to be the father of many nations, ends up being the father of faith for all of us. In 13 and 14, 
goes on a little bit of a detour. Um, he has to end up rescuing his nephew, Lot, who uh, they had some decisions about where to live. And hey, where I'm, my, my possessions and my people are growing. Lot, your possessions and your people are growing. Maybe we should split up just so there's no future arguments, right? No future issues. And so uh, Abram goes one way, and then Lot ends up in the place called Sodom. Yeah, that's where he ends up. And so there ends up being a rescue uh, scenario there before, uh, before chapter 16. And eventually we get to 16, right? And we see this story about Hagar and Ishmael. So I'll pick it up right there in verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. So they have this promise, right? And they're waiting, they're waiting. They're older at this point in life. They're unsure of how God's going to do it. And so, hey, here's a solution. I don't have any kids. It seems like I'm barren. How about you sleep with our Egyptian slave? Now, this is kind of the ancient, what you would call baby mama drama. Well. It's, it's one of the reasons why I love the Bible so much, because it's so honest and vulnerable with its heroes and heroines. What you see is what you get, right? It's not this mythological story where everyone's perfect and no one does all wrong. You get to see this, hey, this is real life. And granted, in ancient times, this was more common, but you can still understand the dynamics and challenges that would come up being married people, Amen. I think so, just a tad. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So he's like, sure, why not? I guess we'll go for it. I'm not going to delve into his psyche, but he concurred. <laughs> so after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai took his, took his, Sarai, his wife took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife, number two. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant she began to despise her mistress. Well, well that happens. <laughs> You're pregnant. I'm not. Fantastic. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. You did it. <laughs> Fellas, you've been in those arguments. Sometimes you just fall on your sword and say amen. I, I did it. You're right. Amen. Noted. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. And Abram, in typical husband fashion, he says, your slave's in your hands. Do with her whatever you think best. So he kind of passed the buck, right? This, this is the, the, the idea of manhood maybe we're trying to avoid. Uh, we should embrace responsibility of leadership, amen? But he said, hey, your slave's in your hands. Do what you want. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Verse 7, this is where God comes in. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I don't know about you, but I always love in the Bible where God asks a question here he knows the answer to. <laughs> that happened in this case. Let's hear the response. I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. 
You shall name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And you'll live in hostility towards all his brothers. Some drama there. She gave this name. There's a whole, you know, genealogy, and you could try to ascertain which country that is, but there's a whole backstory, all right? She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, and this is the kicker. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Um, I just want to add about, a bit about Hagar. Hagar was um, an immigrant from Egypt, and she was actually running away from a household where she was used to produce children for parents who are infertile. And so, so her, you know, with, with Sarai and Abraham, and actually getting pregnant, and this baby, she gets to keep. She doesn't get to give this baby away. Uh, so she, you can imagine the despair she starts feeling, feeling alone, feeling like I'm in this household, but this baby is mine, but I'm not wanted here. Um, not only is, is this a new land for her, but these are, you know, I think territories that she's used to, feeling alone, feeling in despair. Um, as Hagar is talking to God, what I notice is that, you know, her giving God a name, you don't give someone a name that you don't know. You know, like I, people that I give name, name to is kind of people that I, I'm, I trust, that I love, that I'm close to. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she gave God a nickname and God even had an intimate conversation with her, it just tells you a lot about God's character. That he saw her in her despair. He saw her when she was alone, when she had no one, he appeared to her. And how God is with us as well when we can feel alone at times. And thinking that no one sees us, but God does. I can remember, you know, I think we all can relate. Being a kid where you just want to be seen by your, by your mom, playing outside. Mom, come watch me. Um, I remember my first bubble gum. I couldn't wait to show my mom. Like, Mom, look at my bubble I'm making. I can finally make a bubble. Um, <laughs> even my kids. Um, one of my kids, I'm not going to say who. You know, he loves showing me. Oh, my gosh. I said, well, I have two boys. We so have you, two boys. I have two boys. We you, have two boys. You don't know which one. Yeah. Kind of. I'm still safe. Kind of. You know, they love to, they love to call and show me where, um, when he does number two and it's huge, it's like, Mom, you have to come see this. It's great. It's big this time. It's big as a toilet. And I'm like, <laughs> and I have to pretend like I'm excited as he is. Because at that moment, it's not just about the poop. He also wants my attention. He wants me there. He wants so me proud to of experience you, this with him. It's a new record. You know, as long you know, I, my mom was there for me. You know, she sacrificed a lot. She was hardworking, and there are times where I wanted her to see me. Yeah. God, Red just hit me. I wanted her to see me, but uh, we'll go down in a second. A second. Okay. A second. Okay. So we'll touch on that in a second. Yeah, a brief, I'm, I'm you know. talking too fast. No, you're doing great. That's a wonderful job. Um, there's this Hebrew word, uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's El, uh, there's like a Spanish R rolling at the beginning. Roi. El Roi. But the, the, the phlegm sound that I can't do accurately, I'm looking at Devin for help, but you get the general idea. This is the God who sees. This is the God who sees. It shows up about five times in scriptures, at least in, in different iterations, not necessarily in that context. But God that sees us, right? And you think about yourself as a kid. I know for myself, I just wanted my mom and dad at basketball games. 
right? We all have this innate desire from childhood to be yeah. seen that doesn't magically disappear when we get older. Right. I think we try to like suppress it and act like, oh, I don't need people and I'm good and that type of extra you know, attention is, is, is beyond me. But let's be honest, we all want to be seen by our Father. In Jeremiah 24, 6, it says this. This is the context of Israel. Um, you know, this is Abraham's uh, descendants. So this is his people that are numerous as sands of the seashore that grew up in Egypt and had the promises and had the law. And eventually they came to this point that we all do. Uh, we get a little disobedient. We want to carve our own path. We want to do our own thing. And so they're in exile uh, with uh, the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar. Jeremiah was their prophet. He was one of their, their main guys, right? And a lot of times the things that he had to said brought him reproach. Um, he had to tell the leaders in the nation of Israel difficult truths that nobody wanted to hear. This is not one of those times. He actually got to say something encouraging. Amen. He says this in verse 6. My eyes will watch over them for their good. And I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. We want to be seen by God when times are tough, when things are not going our way, when we feel the despair and the pain and the hurt of life. Amen. Um, I think for me, God, knowing that God sees me gives me so much comfort. As much as amazing my mom was, but there are times where she was not present emotionally, where I desire that connection. So for us, Mother's Day was never like a time of joy. It was more sorrow for her because she lost her mom at a young age. And so for her, it was always very hard. But although we, wanted to, we were excited to celebrate with her, she wasn't there. Um, so for us, we just thought, well, um, we shouldn't celebrate you, although we wanted to, wanted to celebrate her, but she just wasn't there. And... Um, I think sometimes, I know, I know that, I don't know about you, but for me, we all have the desire to take things into our own hands um, in our lives, right? And most, and most of us have those cards to prove it. I have many. And, um, you know, there's times that, you, you know, we want to take her and make her do things, but she just wasn't there. And, you know, when I look in the scriptures, um, I think it's Psalm 139.16, it says, you know, that God... God, God saw my unformed body. So God's been watching me ever before I was formed. So his eyes never left me. He always has been seeing me, has been um, just loving me, even though I didn't even know him. And that gave me so much comfort. Um, currently, personally, there's a, uh, there's, something, there's a family member that's very sick right now. Um, one of my sisters is dealing with a lot of illness, physically and emotionally. I think there's time I just want to feel like I want to do something. You know, you mm-hmm. want to fix her. You want to do more. I'm not doing enough. And um, I think um, it gives me so much joy to know that even when I feel empty, empty, helpless, and feel like I can't fix her, that God's loud voice reminds me, like, I see her just like I see you. Mm-hmm. It's so true. I mean, you see this in the story, right? So Abram and Sarai had this promise, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and nothing comes to fruition. So what do they do? They take it in their own hands. And I think that's a real temptation for us, right? We try to manufacture our own miracles. We try to make things happen. 
And it makes sense in some fronts because, well, A plus B equals C. But by faith, the journey of faith is a lot different. It is. There, there's times where you just have to trust and surrender. And God says, I just need you to be still. I'm your warrior. I will fight for you. I will make it happen. Guess what you have to do? Work on the attitude of your heart so that it's a posture of trust. And you see that in this story here. In Psalm 33, 13 through 15, it says this. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. I don't know how you feel about this, but I grew up with a certain religion, and the thought that God was seeing me in everything that I did was partially terrifying. <laughs> because if you know what I'm doing right now, <laughs> yikes, right? And a lot of us had that kind of that guilt understanding of God, where it's just, you know, I'm trying to do what's right, but I'm probably going to end up doing what's bad, and God's like Santa Claus. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you're bad or good, so you better be good for goodness sake. Oh, everybody sing it now. You know, like, and that's kind of, <laughs> I, could, I could hear the bass from Steve's voice. That was, that was magical. Um, and that's kind of, you know, and, and it's some, I'd say in our darker moments, that's our simplistic view of God. Yeah. You know, we just see God as, all right, I'm going to be in trouble again. I got to go to the principal's office and have a conversation with him about what I did bad. But the truth is, is that we have a God that sees us, who knitted us who's numbered the hairs on our head, who's with us in every single moment of our lives. Amen. And he's not there to pass judgment. Right. He's there to walk with you, Amen. to carry me, to be with me in those moments. What he asks for us is that we don't manufacture our own peace, we don't manufacture our own joy. We don't go seek our own temporary pleasure. But that in those moments when it's hard and when it hurts, that we give all our pain, all our hurt, all our anguish and turmoil and trial, that we give it up to him. And we see what the God who sees does with it. Amen. You know, Haggard's story is filled with so much hope. When we feel like we've been abandoned, abused, and used, God sees us. You know, Mother's Day represents so many things to different people. Today may be a day of joy for you, where you get to celebrate your mom, and you get to be celebrated as a mom. But for some of us, today can be a day of, of sadness, not filled with such great memories of our moms. Or maybe you lost your mom. Wherever you may be today, God sees you. He sees your joy, your excitement, your sadness, your disappointments, and your pain. God have a plan for your life, whatever season you're in at the moment. God loves you. He knows all your needs, and he cares for you. Just like Hagar, when she left like everyone had turned their backs on her, God saw her. Despite the cruel choices of others, God did not abandon her. Amen. I don't know about you, but my you know, childhood was filled with uh, 80s and 90s action movies that involved a lot of machine guns and steroids. And I didn't take them personally, but you know. Clearly. You saw, you saw, clearly she said clearly. 
Shots fired. Bang, bang. So that's a cue for me to go to the gym. We're, I have a gym buddy. He's going to be here later if he's not. We'll get some time with you guys. It's Mother's Day. Steve, Steve we have to go back to the gym. Pass. It's Mother's Day. Work out, Rhett. Uh, but, you know, and I, I don't know where you come from, but I have that, that hyper-masculine view of God, even in kind of Latino culture as well. It's like a lot of machismo. And so seeing God in this compassionate, giving, loving, uh, this, this merciful, this is a hen, you know, nurtures her young type of light, for me was key. And I think for all of us is key. Because it's in that we are able to understand grace. Yeah. We're able to understand that it's not about your performance. And although it does matter, faith and deeds do matter. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not about your worst moment. Right? Because I think we all have that. Would you like that on the screen today? No, you wouldn't. But you have... A, a, in, this, in terms of the traditional uh, feminine quality, you have a God that just comforts you. Right. That holds you close to his heart. I don't know about you, but that elicits a lot of emotions. And most of them, at least at this point, I feel positive. So amen for that. <laughs> for closing thoughts, what emotions do you feel knowing God sees you? Do you feel judged at this moment? Do you feel like you don't measure up? Do you feel like there's more that you need to do to earn his love? What emotions do you feel knowing that El Roi, to my best of my pronunciation, sees you? Number two, what steps do you need to take to feel more at peace with how God sees you? Sometimes we do need to repent. Actually, I would say all the time. We do need to repent. You know, God desires a loving relationship with us. So if we don't feel it, guess who moved? It wasn't him. His arms are continually like this. And this is a daily posture. This doesn't vacillate depending on how he feels. Even if he's angry at you, he's still like this. What steps do you need to take to feel more at peace with how God sees you? Okay. So at this time, kind of excited. Um, it took about, I don't know how many countless hours to put this together, but we do have a nine and a half minute video. <laughs> Trust me, it'll, you'll be in rapt attention the entire time. Uh, about all the, uh, I guess, you know, submissions of Mother's Day odes, and I'm very excited about it, so I'm not gonna talk anymore. But hopefully you enjoy this video, and hopefully today you consider the God who sees you. Amen. Amen. Because she takes care of me. What I love about my mom is that she's very uh, funny um, most of the time. Most of the time. And she's also very hardworking and she listens. Hey, mom. I'm in my car right now, but I just wanted to say that I love you so much. 
and I'm so grateful for you. And one thing I love about you the most is the stories you tell. Hey mom, it's your son Julian, wishing you a happy Mother's Day all the way from Kentucky. I can't wait to see you and dad and Aiden when I get back this summer. Happy Mother's Day, mom. I love you. Thank you, mom, for always being there for me. Love you. Say happy Mother's Day, Mimi. Happy Mother's Mimi. I love my mom because she is so caring, so loving, and loves me for who I am. My mom is like my closest best friend. She is like the best friend I could ever ask for. That's why I love my mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love how you always come come to me when I'm hurt or when I just need a hug. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I'm very grateful for you. And I'm so grateful that you've always been there to support us and to love us. And I really appreciate your dark sense of humor, even though a lot of people don't know about it. Love you. I want to hug you. And I want to play. And, and, and I love you all the time. Aww. Okay. Thank you so much. Hey, Mom. Just wanted to say Happy Mother's Day. And uh, thank you for being so loving, caring, and hardworking for our family. And uh, I love you. One thing I love about my mom is just her giving nature. I think uh, she works really hard to be very hospitable and generous with her time and her love and her energy to those around her, and it really shows. I love my mom because she takes good care of me and loves me unconditionally. She makes my favorite food and reads to me every single night. I love my grandma because she's kind and generous to me and everyone around her. I love to hang out with her, and she loves to hang out with me at her house. I love you, Grandma. Happy, Happy Mother's Day, Abby. We're so grateful for everything that you do for us, and I have no idea how you're still climbing trees and doing cartwheels in the front yard at 59 years old, but I'm so grateful that my kids have you as their grandma. Thank you for everything you do for us, Abby. We love you. Sweetheart, I'm so proud of you. Our three daughters, uh, just you've done an amazing job. We love you. Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! We love you! We love you, Mommy Ajay! We love you, Poo-Poo! Hey, Mom, from me and Bibu. Happy Mother's Day, Nona! Um, I hope you have a great Mother's Day. Um, I look up to you so much. You're such a strong, bold, and courageous woman. And um, you're a really great mom. Most of the time. I love you. I hope you have a great day. Last year you made us say Happy Mother's Day. This year we're doing it on our own. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. I'm grateful for you and how you've raised me. Even though I'm an adult in college now, I find that I need my mom all the time. I'm so grateful for how um, you're there for me and give me advice on things and I can call you whenever. Um, thank you for holding our family together with everything we've been going through with dad's health. And thank you for being such an amazing example of a faithful woman of God. Um, you're such an amazing mom and a more amazing mom that I could ever ask for. And I love you so much. Say happy Mother's Day, mommy. Happy Mother's Day, mama. I love you. I love you. Happy Mother's Day, my beautiful queen. 
Hi, I'm David Johnson. My mom is Elaine Johnson, not to be mistaken for Kathy Blanco. And uh, one of the things I really love about her is she always puts family first. Mimi! I love you with the love of the Lord, sister. Happy Mother's Day. Just wanted to say how grateful I am for you and for who you are and just everything you've done for me in my life. Um, it was one of the best things in my life when you became a Christian and you got baptized. So excited that you get to be part of my wedding. Uh, I love you and happy Mother's Day. One thing I love about my mom is that she helps me a lot. One thing I love about my mom is she cares for me and loves me. Thank you, Mom. Love Happy Mother's, Mother's Day, Day, Abby. We're so grateful for everything that you do for us, and I have no idea how you're still climbing trees and doing cartwheels in the front yard at 59 years old, but I'm so grateful that my kids have you as their grandma. Thank you for everything you do for us, Abby. We love you. Sweetheart, I'm so proud of you. Our three daughters uh, just keep done an amazing job. We love you. Thank you, Mom, for everything you do. I love you, Mom. I miss you so much, and I wish I was home to celebrate with you, but I just wanted to say that I love you so much, and I'm so lucky to have such a courageous and amazing role model as a mom, and I would be happy if I was half the woman you are when I grew up. So My mom is a paragon of perseverance, an icon of integrity, and a fountain of love and humility. Thank you for showing me and so many others how to live like Christ by your example. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Love you. Happy Mother's Day for Bobby! We love you! One thing I love about my mom is her passion for all the things she does. I love how much she cares about me and my sister and the world around her and just everything she loves. It's so cool to see. So happy Mother's Day, Mama. I hope you have a wonderful day. I love you so much, Mama. Happy Mother's Day, Mimi. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Love you, miss you. Hope you have an awesome day. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life, besides myself, of course. I love my mom very much. Yeah, I like, I love that she cares for me while we're right here. And mom, she's a Hi, Bloom, say hi. You love mommy too? Yes. Brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I love you so much, and thank you for putting God first in our family. Happy Mother's Day. One thing I love about mommy is treats. Some things I love about my mom are her strength, her amazing sense of humor, and how she's always there for me. I know I am immensely grateful um, that I never have to worry about things because you're always behind me 100% and I love that. Um, that can always turn to you and that you're always there for me. Thank you mom for giving me hugs and kisses in the bed. Bye bye. Happy Mother's Day. Love you so much. So grateful for you. Uh, I'm just so inspired by the woman of God that you are your kindness for others, and uh, just what an inspirational woman of valor that you are. Uh, I love you so much. So grateful for you. Can't wait to see you. Mother's Day, Bobby. Happy Mother's Day, Yoda. Bye. Bye. James, say bye. Bye.
Hi, Mama. Happy Mother's Day. I love you so much. I love you, Lola. Happy Mother's Day. 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 Bye. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. please. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. I'm Tracy Yamamura and this is my daughter Allie. And with this month being Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month, I'm grateful to share about how my heritage has shaped my identity as an individual, as a mom, and as a Christian. I'm a third generation Japanese American, though I was born in Japan. My grandmother immigrated to the United States in the 1920s in an arranged marriage to my grandfather. My grandma left her life as a nurse in Japan without looking back. And I think about how much courage she had in leaving everything behind that was familiar and coming to a place where she knew no one, let alone the language. She and my grandpa ended up in Portland where they were farm workers raising five children, including my dad. This was in the 1930s. And they worked hard just to get by to get put food on the table, and life was really tough. The single biggest event that affected our family was what happened during World War II, when Executive Order 9066 was signed by President Roosevelt on February 19, 1942. This executive order authorized the forced removal of all persons deemed a threat to national security from the West Coast to relocation centers further inland and resulted in the incarceration of 120,000 people of Japanese descent, the majority of whom were US citizens. My grandparents and their family were forced from their home in Portland and sent to Hunt, Idaho, where they spent the next few years at the Minidoka internment camp. During that time at Minidoka, my dad left the camp to join the US Army in the Military Intelligence Service, or the MIS, which was a military unit made up of 6,000 Japanese-American soldiers who served as interpreters in the Pacific. My dad and his sisters, and even my grandma, identified very strongly as Americans, even while the family was interned in the camp. And this was imprinted on me from a very young age, even though we didn't live in the US. I always thought of myself as an American. My parents got married in the 1950s and took a job in Japan where my siblings and I were born. Our family moved to Torrance in 1973 where I attended uh, Birtland Middle School and then West High, graduating in, <laughs> go West High, graduating in 1978. Now, this might be difficult to believe, but at that time in 1973, there wasn't much racial diversity in West Torrance and I was only one of two Asians at Birtland. I was bewildered when I first encountered subtle and even overt racism. And I remember thinking, but I'm an American. 
I felt confused, and in the ensuing years, I had questions like, how do I fit in? Am I worthy? Where's my community? I sought validation in things like academic excellence, having lots of friends and interests, and in later years, further education, relationships, material wealth, job performance, and even the accomplishments of my children. Fast forward 25 years to 1998. I'm now 38 years old, married, with two young children living in Hawaii. And thankfully, the questions I had above are answered because a friend had the tenacity to reach out to me to talk to me about God, even when I wasn't very open. And I've come to know that I am worthy because of Jesus. My citizenship is in heaven, and my community is the body of believers wherever I live. And I realize that I do fit in with all my imperfections and weaknesses. And I'm also grateful to my ancestors for the many cultural values that have been passed down to us, like the legacy of family and the belief that we must always take care of each other. Other values ingrained in us, the concept of gamang, or endurance and perseverance through difficult times, and the idea that we need to put the needs of others before our own needs, and that the good of the group is more important than the individual good. I witnessed this sacrificial attitude in you, Allie, back in Hawaii one summer during your college years at Pepperdine. We had a lot of um, financial obligations, and it was a really stressful time for our family. I remember the night we were sitting at the kitchen table after dinner, and you told us that you didn't want to see us suffer, and that you could quit Pepperdine to come home to Hawaii to attend community college and to work. You told us you felt everything would be okay because God would take care of you. I was amazed by your love and faith, and I'll always treasure your words in my heart. I'm so thankful that I get to be your mom, and I'm so grateful to God for the life he's given me. Hi. We wanted to try to bridge all of the elements of Asian uh, Pacific Islander American Heritage Month and Mother's Day and communion and everything. So, um, all with um, <laughs> Maya, <laughs> I love my Japanese culture. And if we had more time, I would love to also share the ways that it shapes my character and my faith. Um, but while my mom's fo uh, focused more heavily on like the internet, it, intersections of our family's cultural legacy and her faith, I want to focus um, on, sorry, sharing about my, my mom's love for me and how it builds my faith and connects to communion. Um, recently, I went through a week of processing some really tough emotions from the past. I was angry, and part of that was directed at my mom because of the situation. Um, I knew that, I know she would have wanted to resolve things right away if she could, um, but she knew that I was not moving on her timeline. Um, through that week, I just really needed space, and we lived together, so <laughs> the difference was definitely, like, definitely noticeable. Um, and I filled my, my week up, so I was barely home. I left without saying goodbye in the morning, and I never came home early enough for dinner. Um, there wasn't much she could say to take away my pain, but I do remember that she texted me, um, and she said, I know you've been dealing with some strong emotions that debilitate you. Maybe some of the anger is directed at me. I love you so much, and I want to sit beside you as you untangle and ponder these complicated emotions. I might not know what to say, but please know that I'll always be by your side. Let me know how I can be there for you. 
I'm aware that you need time and space. God can be trusted. Stay faithful, my daughter. I love you so much. Thinking of you and praying for you all the time. And uh, oh, just a plug, <laughs> if you're a parent and you want to be close to your kids, but they're going through their own things like my situation, talk to my mom or feel free because <laughs> she, um, she always knows the right things to say. Um, and uh, uh, most of all, I think uh, what I appreciate is that she's quick to listen and slow to speak. And she loves with no strings attached. Um, and there have been times when I was angry and I asked for space to process, but I still needed to know that my mom was there for me. And that even if I pushed for my own space, I needed to know that she wouldn't push me away in return. That whether or not the time would come that I could come and say, I'm able to talk it through now and put it all behind, that her love for me would still be unfailing. My mom loves so freely. She's told me many times that she's always going to be there for me no matter what, that she wants to be in my life, and she treasures our times together. It's from her love that I think I'm lucky to get a glimpse of um, what God's favor feels like. The fact is that I think God just adores us and wants good things for us, he wants to show us the best and wants to provide, and not giving begrudgingly or in order to receive anything in return, but generously because he likes to see us well and happy and he knows how to draw us closer to him. Um, I see through my mom's character, yes, sometimes through her words and other times through no words, her values and her faith in dialogue with the scriptures, that her love for me feels like sacrificial love, like God's, and simultaneously is also reflective of humility like Christ's. Through my mom's love, I get a front row view of the message of the cross that's so life-giving and reassuring. I wanted to share two scriptures that kind of I thought of with this. One is Romans 8.32 about God's love. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, uh, graciously give us all things? And then Philippians 2, 3 to 8, uh, about Christ's humility. In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used his own advantage. Um, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by being, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So I'm grateful to God, and I'm grateful for my mom. And I'll pray for us. Um, dear God, thank you, God, so much that we have this time and this day, this opportunity to um, uh, reflect and be thankful for our mothers, God, and um, I thank you for the people that you do put in our lives, whether our actual, our biological mothers or other figures who support us in the same way. God, I'm so grateful for the relationships that we have each other, especially the relationships in the body, God. Um, and I pray, God, that as we can uh, reflect on communion for today, that, um, that we can really just feel free and joyful in your love and in, in being seen and being known by you, God. Thank you for your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us. 